0: We begin today's shiur, please take note of this, at the top of Ayin Gimel Omid Beis. Again, we repeat, top of Ayin Gimel Omid Beis at the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Bogeris is a girl that has reached twelve and a half years of age, and she is... Uh, in the process of getting married. That means in this case, she's in the process of getting married. Or uh, an almona, a woman who had been a widow who is now remarrying. With the passage of this amount of time after the, uh, say, there is a first stage in marriage, we call the erusin. Where a man offers a woman money or something of value in exchange for her accepting his offer of marriage. And after they enter Erison, there's a period of time from which, uh, or I should say a point in time, that the husband says, you know, I want to now consummate our marriage. That's what you see in the uh, before all, He seeks her out. So that after he was ma'aris her, he then seeks her to consummate their marriage. From that point, there is time that we allot uh, to the couple to get uh, to get their their matters together, to get their finances together in order to enter a married life. So, with regard to the Bogaris that the Mishnah features here, we're speaking about a 12 month period and a Anamona, a widow who is remarrying, a 30 day period uh, from the Shastaviah till the expected consummation of the marriage. Let us say that that. Uh, time frame that time allotment lapses and uh, the husband for whatever reason doesn't actually consummate the marriage in other words enough time was allotted and he doesn't go ahead and, and, and consummate the marriage as, would, as was expected so at that point the husband even though they're not living together as, as husband and wife in the full sense of, of the idea he is obligated to support her And if he is a Kohen, and she is coming from a non-Kohen family, she will then start eating Truma. This is, of course, something that we'll see in the Gemara, and it's actually something that went through a change over history. But for our purposes, we're trying to illustrate this idea of the passage of the allotted time, resulting in the husband now being obligated to support the wife. So Rabbi Yeliezer says, Rabbi Yeliezer O'ymer, Since the husband who had entered the first stage of marriage and simply was waiting to consummate the marriage, but with this passage of allotted time, he is obligated to support her. And as a result of his obligation to support her, he also has the power to annul her vows. A husband does not function as an individual uh, annuller of vows until she enters his domain. I mentioned the husband as an individual. Uh, This is in contrast to previous Sukkis that we saw which dealt with a Na-Rohamu-Rasa where the husband and father Work as a partnership in annulling vows. Here, we're not talking about a na'ara. We're not talking about uh, we're talking about a girl who's already more than twelve and a half years of age. Hence, this is a say a new uh, a new topic for us. Before we go further in, in into the Gemara, before we start the Gemara, we glance at the side where you you see a topic heading, and it, it, it reads in the initial rabba we're going to see an attempt on the part of rabba va ch'voice hadin to revolutionize the mishnah to compare uh, the uh, law of rabboloser in the mishnah der meisha shishasi basechrish mishita va bayla veniswan regarding a woman uh, for whom the 12 month uh, period lapsed from the point that the husband sought her out for nisuin, at that point, even though they haven't actually consummated their marriage, the husband nevertheless can annul her vows. Uh, to the halach we mentioned also concerning a woman who waited the twelve months and the husband is a kohane they haven't yet consummated the marriage even though the 12 months have lapsed she now starts or is entitled to eating truma now the gemara omar rabba note that we have a long marking uh, following rabba there will be a long marking where, where we feature abaye who objects or uh, who rebuffs re, refi- um, s- uh, uh, the, the claim that Rabba makes now. So we have an Omad of Gemara which basically uh, divides into two long points. Rabba's point and Abaye's counterpoint. The Gemara. Omar Rabba. Rabbo and the Early Mishnah teaching. We mentioned earlier that there would be a there was a historical change. In this case, we're going to be focusing on the Mishnah Rishona, the early Mishnah teaching. Uh, are saying omru They say the same thing. There's this. There's a, a com- There's a uh, common basis to Rabbah and the Mishnah Rishona. The Mishnah Rishona is uh, specifically is a Mishnah in Maseches Ksubos in Perak Afalpi, the 5th Perak of Ksuba so what does it say over there? This not we allot 12 months to a virgin girl uh, from the point that the husband seeks her out for consummating the marriage so we're dealing with a a 12 month clock that starts running at some point after the actual erusin, the point at which the husband saw her out for consummating the marriage when the 12 month point arrives and they haven't actually done the nisuin, they haven't actually consummated their marriage with the chuppah ceremony the marriage canopy and the intimacy that the new couple experiences together so the 12 month Mark uh, arrived, and they didn't consummate their marriage. betruma. She is entitled, nevertheless, to eat or to be supported by him. And if he is a kohen, she is now entitled to eat from truma as the um, as the wife of a kohen. We have a bracketed section, and if you skip the brackets momentarily, you see it says, Zu mishna rishona. This is the early Mishnah teaching. So this seems to be similar to uh to what we saw in our Mishnah namely Rabbi Eliezer. And our Mishnah said with the passage of 12 months uh the the husband is obligated to support her thereby uh giving her the giving him the rights to uh, annul the vows. Uh, now let's go over the bracketed section. Uh the reason uh, we have this in brackets is that the what's in in this section isn't uh, directly related to the, uh, the, we'll say, the goal of the Gemara, the point of the Gemara. Here you have a discussion concerning a yavam and yavama, uh, uh, a, a woman who whose husband died, leaving no children, but a surviving brother, the the woman's brother-in-law. He is called the yavam, and he's expected to marry her in order. To uh, generate or promote as the Torah says the name of the deceased for our purposes though the uh, the reasons behind Yibom and Ar are not uh, important for understanding this Gemara nevertheless it says if the husband that died was a Kohen, naturally his brother is a Kohen, however the Yavim, it will not if she uh, is a Shemeres yavam from Erusin, in other words, the husband died leaving her an Arusa. The, she had not consummated her marriage with the husband. And she now is a widow from Erusin, waiting for the Yavam. A Yavam does not entitle her to eat from Truma. Osta shisho chadoshem vishvne aval v'shisho chadoshem vifne hayavam. She was in a. She was with the husband for six months, and when we speak about six months, we're talking within the framework of the twelve month period that we mentioned earlier. So she experienced six months with the husband, and then he died. Another six months with the yavam in anticipation of his marrying her, of doing yibum. Even if All 12 months, minus a day, is almost a complete 12 months, the husband was alive. And at the the last day he died. Or, she was only one day uh, with the husband from the point he sought her out, and then he died. And the balance of the time is with the Yovam. She is not entitled to eat Truma. Zu Shona Rishona. This is the early teaching. Based in Shachreim Amru. The latter, based in, said Ein Hoisha Yichelus Betruma Achi Tikanes A woman is not entitled to eat Truma, to eat the Truma tithe given to Kehanim, until she consummates marriage until she actually consummates her marriage the Gemara Ksuba cites two reasons for that but that's not important for right now it's just that the Shachrim, the later court ruling is uh, non uh, Truma entitlement until actual consummation of the marriage so up to this point we see uh, a seeming parallel between uh, Rebbe Lezer in the Mishnah that says with the passage of those 12 months, a husband can annul her vows. And this Tanaic source, which says, with the passage of 12 months, a woman is entitled to eat from Truma. Omar le Abaye. Abaye says to Rabbah, Dilma lohi, maybe the parallel uh, is not so. In other words, the fact that Ribbulazar says, after 12 months, the husband can annul her vows. That doesn't mean that rebel would say she's entitled to eat from truma. Or the Mishnah Rishona that says after twelve months the woman is entitled to eat the truma, the Mishnah Rishona would not necessarily say that after twelve months a husband can annul her vows. So Abaye makes this point. Dilma lohi. Maybe it's not parallel. Ad ko ashmin on Mishnah Rishona. It could be that. Up till this point, the Mishnah Rishonah indicates the right of a woman to eat from truma, to consume rabbinic mandated truma. What do we mean by rabbinic mandated truma? You have different possibilities of explaining that. Rashi makes reference to truma nowadays. In other words, when the when the majority of the Jewish people are not in the land of Israel, so the the uh, requirement of tithing is only rabbinic there's another possibility of truma from let's say uh, fruits other than grapes and olives which represent wine and oil uh, uh, oranges apples that type of uh, produce requires tithing but only on a rabbinic level so the we'll say the uh, the allowance of eating truma as far as the Mishnah Rishona is concerned, is limited to, well, the low level Truma entitlement. Truma de, Rabban, rabbinic Truma. Aval nidaram deraissa, but as far as annulling vows, which is a Torah level consideration, a Torah empowerment. Uh, may aim alone, maybe, according to the Mishnah Rishona, the mere fact that uh, she was waiting twelve months, uh, for consummation of marriage does not give the husband the right to annul vows that's that's already a, a De'orisa level empowerment, a Torah level empowerment and that's not achieved by the mere passage of 12 months and likewise it could be that Rabbi Lezer who, who does empower a husband with the passage of those 12 months that might be limited to the realm of vows, uh, if we skip the bracketed section just to make the e- reading smooth, so we're saying that Rabbi Lezer says that's true with regard to Nidorem, avol truma afilu achva. but with regard to truma, even if it's mere rabbinic truma, she is not entitled to eat it. So now the question is, what is so um, I don't know, lenient about uh, vow annulment that Rabbi Lezer would say that we will entitle the husband to do, and not entitle the, cons- uh, the consumption of truma on the part of the wife after 12 months, even if it's merely truma de Rabbanam. So that's revealed within the brackets. The Gemara said, had, had said that it could be that Rebbe leniency is limited to Nadarim, and we read the bracketed section, of like Pinchas the Rava like Pin says, in the name of Rava, Deres, that women, when they married women, that is, when they vow, they vow with a, a, a type of understood stipulation that the husband would approve of the vow. so that that the husband's approval of the vow as opposed to his annulment of the vow is subsumed in the initial vowing of the woman so her vow is predicated on the husband's acceptance if the husband objects to it it's as if there was no vow from the very outset. That's why it's easy to envision, or it's easy to empower the husband to annul the vow. Because it's, as we said, it's as if the vow isn't even there to begin with, when you see him objecting to it. So that even though it's a Torah-level annulment, nevertheless, it's a, a, an annulment of a vow that really wasn't strong to begin with. Just to uh, uh, restate what might be obvious, and that is that this idea of uh, a woman vowing with the assumed approval of her husband, this is true only when he is a man that is actually supporting her. That's, that's why Rebillosa said what he said only after the 12 months, a point at which time he is now supporting her. So the woman figures, here's a man that's supporting me, And therefore, when I vow, I'm doing so only if he were to approve of it. After all, he is supporting me. And therefore, it's very easy to absolve a woman of a vow, which she herself didn't really intend to be a vow, in the event that he disapproves uh, of it, and that's quite manifest when he comes to annul it. With that, we conclude our Shior for today.